Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, and not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion. Welcome to the BOF Podcast and Happy New Year. It's Friday, January 5th. Diane von Forstenberg has been synonymous with women's empowerment since she first unveiled her revolutionary wrap dress back in 1974. But for Diane, the garment became much more than just a symbol. It became the key to her own independence. Diane shared this story with author and spiritual wellness advocate Deepak Chopra, her friend of three decades, on stage at BOF Voices 2023. I did not know what I wanted to do. But I knew the kind of woman I wanted to be. I wanted to be in charge. I wanted to be free. I mean, freedom. I wanted to be my own person. And I wanted to have a man's life in a woman's body. And the, the way I became that woman was a little dress. This week on the BOF Podcast, I'm pleased to share this conversation between Deepak and Diane. Together, they look back on Diane's journey from princess to fashion powerhouse and share their collective wisdom on finding meaning and leading a purposeful life. Here are Diane von Furstenberg and Deepak Chopra on the BOF Podcast. Well, this has been overwhelmingly inspirational with the common theme of trauma and triumph. Every story that we heard was 
a story of trauma that surfaced ultimately as triumph. And uh, before I start asking you my first question, I'd just like to tell you what the biology of trauma is for one minute or less. So trauma begins when we see somebody as separate from ourselves. Trauma is a result of the hallucination, socially and culturally induced, of the separate mind. And when there is separate mind, it begins with trauma. The memory of trauma is anger. Anger leads to hostility, which is retribution and vengeance, leads to guilt, shame, and ultimately depression. And today is the number one pandemic of our time is depression, which leads to inflammation and every kind of chronic disease. We heard from this great gentleman here, so grateful to listen to you, sir, that uh, it's a very rare disease, progeria. But all genetically determined diseases are rare. Less than 5% are genetically determined. Of those, progeria is even more rare. And that's the gift you're bringing, the gene editing for that. But the rest is epigenetic. It's recycled trauma, inflammation, chronic disease, mental disease. So my first question is, and we'll address later perhaps, if you have a second, what the triumph is from trauma. But Dan, one of your parents was a Holocaust victim, right? How did that influence your childhood? My mother, at the age of 21, she was living in Belgium. She was an immigrant, kind of a refugee from Salonika, Greece. She came in Belgium. She was five years old. She grew up. She was a very good student. Uh, she was very ambitious. She wanted to be a scientist. And then, she, as, just as she was about to finish high school, there was a war and there was the racial laws. And therefore, she could no longer finish school officially. The headmistress liked her a lot, so she stayed in the class and did the study, but was not registered. And the headmistress was in the resistance, and I believe that's why my mother got into the resistance. I found this out very recently. So she was caught and, uh, you know, trafficking papers and so on. So she was caught and she went to the police and she, she was so afraid to be tortured in order to have the information on the resistance. She said, no, no, I'm Jewish, which she was. And the woman there said, don't say you're Jewish, they're going to ship you out. Anyway, uh, so she went to a jail until the, the convoy was full and she ended up in Auschwitz. I'm sorry, but since you asked me, no, I no, have to give it the story. story. So, because it's important. So when she was in the, she always said the worst thing was being in this cattle wagon, which, you know, the trip between Brussels and Poland was four days and there was no light and no music, no water. And she always said it was the most horrible thing. She became friends with an older woman. She was 20 or 21, and she be, there was a woman who was 40. She became friends, and that woman spoke a little German. So my mother said, no matter what, I never leave this woman. 
So they arrived and they arrived and they stayed in a big long line and uh, there was a soldier who would, you know, say, you go right, you go left, you go right, you go left. And behind the soldier who was doing the selection, on a higher podium, there was a man all dressed in white who was just watching and he wasn't saying anything. And uh, when time came for the friend of my mother, the soldier said to her, you go right. And my mother, without being told where to go, followed her friend. And the soldier let her go. The man in the back, who hadn't moved, came down running, took my mother and whipped her and threw her on the other side. And my mother looked at him with so much hate. And why? Well, it turned out that he saved her life. And my mother always said, this was the first time I ever hated anyone and the last time. Because even though that man was Joseph Mangala, the angel of death, he happened to save my mother. So it's all very dramatic, but uh, it is what it is. She survived. She stayed in the camp for 13 months. I mean, it was the, she did the death marks. She went to a second camp, Ravensbrück, and another one. And in uh, June 45, very, very late, because she was caught very late, she was liberated and she weighed 49 pounds, 29 kilos. And she was nothing but bones. And her parents couldn't believe when she came back. Everybody thought she was dead, but she wasn't dead. And her mother fed her like a little bird. Every 10 minutes, a little bit of food. Slowly she gained her weight. She was never really big. She was tiny. And six months later, her fiancé came back. And uh, they got married. And uh, the doctor said, you have to wait at least two years to have a child. Because you won't make it. You will die. And your child will not be normal. And nine months later, I was born and I was not normal. <laughs> so and so then you, I was a triumph over misery. And then you ended up marrying a prince. I did. <laughs> and, and a German one, too. <laughs> he was half German and half Italian. And uh, my mother loved him. So the morale of all that is... She taught me that fear was not an option, that no matter what, you could never be a victim, never be a victim. And everything was about honoring life. The day I was born, I had won, you know, so I had done my biggest triumph just by being born. So everything after that was a plus. How did you get up into the United States? Oh, as a princess. <laughs> Tell us about it. <laughs> you know, I married a prince, I became a princess. <laughs> and usually in fairy tales, it's the end of the fairy tale. The girl marries the prince. In my fairy tale, it was only the beginning. And uh, I, why am I being emotional. Charmin said, I'm never emotional. I got to emotional now. She tried to get me emotional the entire time she was shooting me. Anyway, so I did not know what I wanted to do. 
but I knew the kind of woman I wanted to be. I wanted to be in charge. I wanted to be free. I mean, freedom. I wanted to be my own person. And I wanted to have a man's life in a woman's body. And I did. And the, the way I became that woman was a little dress. And that little dress made me be able to pay my bills and to be independent, to be successful. And because it was a dress... The wrap dress. The wrap dress. You know, my confidence was that dress. And I was sharing that dress with millions of women. So, yes, I invented the wrap dress, but really the wrap dress made me. And I became this conduit. And I became this conduit for freedom and for women and for what the fuck and for and and for that and my mother always said god saved me so i can give you life by giving you life you gave me my life back you are my torch of freedom and so i was born with a torch of freedom in my hands And yes, it could be a little heavy for a little girl, but I liked it. And, you know, my mother didn't want me to be afraid. It was afraid of the dark. She locked me in the closet. Today she would go to jail for that. But, <laughs> but as a result, I'm not afraid. The rap dress um, became a symbol of women's liberation and empowerment and caught the attention of people in business school as well. What first gave you the idea of the rap dress? Oh, you don't want me to talk about it. Yeah. That. Oh, no. I, 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 um, fashion, I was vaguely interested in fashion. I did not go to fashion school. I went to business school. And uh, I, uh, first, my first job, I was uh, working for a photographer's agent. And he had, he had, he lived in his little townhouse in Paris. It was very glamorous. He represented all the best photographer from um, Helmut Newton to David Bailey to Richardson to blah, blah, blah. And I was just there answering the phone and, you know, making the thing and going to advertising agencies and showing the photographs and answering, answering the phone and saying this guy was not there either to the photographers that he owed money to or to the girls they slept with the night before. And, uh, and so my first thing in fashion was the image of fashion. And then I met an Italian man who had a printing mill in Como. And he said, you know, if you're interested in fashion, come and see where it happens. So I went to, you know, and uh, there, and I was just an intern, and he only wanted to do, he wanted to sleep with me, which never happened. I slept with his son instead. And, <laughs> And I didn't say that in the documentary. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, just some retake, and, Charby. And, and uh, anyway, but I learned everything about printing and color and blah, blah, blah. And, and I happened to be at the right time at the right time because then this man's business got bigger and then he bought, he bought the factory next to it. He bought it just for the walls and that factory made stockings. Before they were pantyhoses, they were stockings. And of course, nobody was buying stockings anymore. Anyway, so he bought the, that factory and, and there were all these machines that were knitting machines, knitting tubular machines. 
And so he said, what can we do with these machines? And so we called the yarn manufacturers and we experimented these machines with thicker yarn. Anyway, so he invented this great jersey fabric. So jersey fabric and printing, blah, blah, blah. And so I thought, mm, maybe that's interesting, but I wasn't sure. Then my mother gave me, for my birthday, a trip to go to New York to visit my boyfriend, Egon. I went to New York and there I discovered New York and oh my God, and, and my boyfriend was this attractive prince and we were invited everywhere. So the young designers wanted me, you know, dress me. So that's when I met Giorgio Santangelo and Holston and Stephen Burroughs. And, uh, and they were all making these very, you know, very different clothes than in Europe. So I stayed there for a month and then I had to go back, back to work, back to my life. And all I could think about is, how do I go back to New York? And when I went back to that factory, I arrived that morning, I just thought, oh, maybe there's something here for me to try to do and sell it in America. And that's what happened. So from the height of fame and becoming a celebrity, you then had a crisis, financial crisis. I had many crises. I mean... <laughs> but bankruptcy. I, yeah, but I mean, we all have crises all the time. I mean, and when people think you are at the very height, very often you yourself know you're not. Because you yourself was on the cover of Newsweek and interview and Wall Street Journal, blah, blah, blah. And so everybody was acclaiming me, but I knew that mm, I'm not so sure because I was saturated. Anyway, at the same time, when people think, oh, she's over, you know it's not true because you already know you're on your way. So life is up and down and reinvented. So I had to get the CFDA Lifetime Award to call myself a designer. But because I didn't go to fashion school, I, I thought I wasn't a designer. But the one thing I know I am, I can design life. I can navigate. You're not in charge of your destiny, but you can navigate your destiny and go by the landscape. And I, I mean, I keep on inventing myself all the time. And it's, I, I wake up and I say, what a loser. And, but you know what? Only losers don't feel like losers. And, uh, and then you go back and I, I, I get up, I, I get up and I see myself in the mirror and I wink and I said, okay, another day. And now I am, well, he and I are the oldest people here. We are the same age, 77. No, I'm not yet 77. 76, how old are you? I'm 77 and so are you. No. So <laughs> In one month. And New Year's so, okay. In New Year's Eve. Yeah, I've, I've gone to 77 in October. She'll get there uh, New Year's in Eve. December. Exactly. Okay. All right. In any case, oh, by the way, I want to tell you that this man, with enough talking about me, uh, 28 years ago, or 29 years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. I had a cancer at the base of my tongue. And I was quite a shock. I couldn't really believe what happened. And a friend of mine said, you should meet Deepak Chopra. And uh, here's his number. 
Oh, and then Deepak, he called me and he happened to be, I mean, I was at home in Connecticut and he happened to be in Yale, right? Uh, yeah. What? Stories about you, not about me. No, no, but it's about our encounter. Uh, okay. All right. And, and uh, he says, I'm, I'm coming tonight. And sure, I remember so well him driving his little car in the driveway and we had dinner and we talked. And Deepak taught me how to meditate. And I had eight weeks treatment and Deepak called me every day. And I am not a guru type. I am not any of that. But Deepak is probably one of the most intelligent men I know. He has a way with solutions and words that is magical. And you can never underestimate the power of words and the energy of words. And um, he taught me uh, sutras, these sutras, and I still practice them. And uh, anytime I have a friend in need, Deepak is always there. And it's a combination of heart, intelligence, and what else? Just heart and intelligence, but I don't know which one more. Maybe intelligence. Maybe compassion. <laughs> well, yes. So, and she's never looked back since uh, 28 years now? Yeah. Mm. And now uh, then philanthropy is one of your big passions? Well, now we don't have much time left. So okay. um, <laughs> I, think, I think this today was really amazing because it was about honoring life. It was about giving. Someone said, you know, giving is such a gift. And we all have to give. And I never really loved the word philanthropy because it sounds like landscaping. You feel like you need, <laughs> you need an expert. But it is, about, it is about being human. And it is about paying attention, paying attention to others. I have a little game that I do every day. And every day, one of the first thing I do is I try to connect one person to a person they would have never been able to meet on their own. And that is a miracle. And we all have a magic wand. And the more we use a magic wand, the more powerful a magic wand is. And we can't really use a magic wand on ourselves. But the magic wand comes back as a boomerang. Okay, since we've run out of time, I just want to ask you a question. Have you found the day inspiring? Yes. yes. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to ask you the same question, but don't answer it till I raise my hand, okay? Have you found the day inspiring? So that place between the question and the answer is where we're all one. And that's also the place where inspiration and gifts come from. It's our soul. Thank you. Thank you. 
The BOF podcast is edited and produced by Emma Clark and Eric Bria in the BOF studio team. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.